It's the Bomber Brothers Podcast with Ryan and Sean Chichester. Swung on and driven to deep left. For the line, she is gone. Aaron Judge lined one right down the line. Swung on and lined to right center field. It is a base hit. Grounding third. Scoring kind of from left off. And the Yankees win the ball game with two in the bottom of the ninth. Hit in the air to left center. It is high. It is far. It is gone. It's a grand slam. Oh, a Stantonian home run. Talking all things Yankees baseball. Hello, everybody. I would say good morning as I normally do to start this uh, Bomber Brothers podcast with Sean and Ryan Chichester. Brought to you by WFAN and Odyssey, but it is not a good morning by any means. The Yankees lost another brutal game. They continue to absolutely stink up the field, whatever field they may play in. Now, these were out west. It was a brutal West Coast trip in which they take the first two and settle for a series split against the terrible A's and then go out and lose a series to the equally, almost equally terrible Angels. And we had a insanely costly error from the Yankees' terrible shortstop who contributes, who has contributed basically nothing to this team for the entire season. And we had more putrid offense outside of one two-run inning and another loss to another incredibly inferior pitcher going up against Garrett Cole. And and now here we are, five up in the loss column, heading into a massive series at the Trop. Sean, I don't know how, how you're feeling, but I think we are officially in wild card watch mode. It's a five-game lead in the loss column, like I said, and now three against Tampa, who is suddenly on the verge of nipping at the Yankees' heels in the AL East. And you've got Herman, Schmidt, and Montas scheduled to pitch in these three games at, at the Trop, which it gives me no hope whatsoever that the Yankees are going to come out with a series win. We very well could be looking at um, you know, a, a four-game lead, maybe even f- fewer than that by the time this weekend's over. It could be two in the loss column. We're only up by five in the loss side. And the, uh, yeah, this is, this is terrible. Um, I'm, I'm furious. This, this was a road trip that they needed to have, so to speak, to reestablish order. And they failed to do that on the West coast. And it, it's not like these games weren't there for the taking. They, they all were. When you when you put up, you know, and they're let in, you know, they score two runs Saturday, one run Sunday. We, you know, we talked about that last episode. Then they put up three runs on Monday and two runs on Wednesday. I understand they had the seven four win in the middle of that, but the Angels stink. And to put up two and three runs against the ridiculous. And when you're giving away outs in front of guys like Trout and Otani. It's going to come back to bite you in the ass. And Cole pitched really well. Cole pitched, you know, made really, one I, mistake. He he made one mistake, and I thought overall, like going into that sixth inning, I said this is going to be one of his signature starts of the season, where you say they needed a game to 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 make it a positive West Coast trip. Because honestly, if they had taken two out of three of the Angels, we'd be talking here today, like, hey, they kind of stumbled against the A's and it was looking bad, but then they turned around. That's not the case now. Now I'm in panic mode. Call up. Who you need get 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 IKF out of my sight. 
yeah, he has he ha- he has to go. I mean, this was a routine ground ball that he completely booted, and you just knew after that. On the next yep. three pitches later, next batter Otani hits his thirtieth home run of the season. Two nothing lead is now suddenly a three two deficit, and with the Yankees only having nine outs left, given how terrible their offense has been, there was very little hope that they were going to uh, take take that lead back. But look, I, I mean. Defensive metrics are super or a little uh little wonky, I guess you could say. I mean, if you look at outs above average, IKF has been very poor defensively. If you look at defensive runs saved, he's been a top five defensive shortstop in the league. But bottom line is that was his 12th error of the season. He is not nearly as what he was advertised to be defensively when the Yankees brought him over. And even if he was, who cares? He contributes absolutely nothing offensively. I mean, he has been even worse the the second half of the season aside from his one one home run that he's hit all season which was a you know just a shot that got over snuck over the monster at at Fenway but you know this is a guy putting up a OPS in the 500s since since the all-star break he has contributed absolutely nothing to this team it was he was seen as as a stopgap but a stopgap should be able to contribute something before your more long-term solutions come along. And he's given you, he's given you nothing. And the fact that he is still run out there every night, this, I mean, this is a guy who's what, I think he has, I think he has the sixth most played appearances for the Yankees this season, sixth or seventh. You, you can't have somebody this putrid at the plate taking this many swings and expecting the offense to to turn around. I mean, he's he's been terrible. I know last night was his defense, but the offense has still been driving me equally crazy. And like you said, even if you don't think Peraza is ready to, you know, produce the way you are hoping he will produce once he gets settled in the major leagues, whatever he can give you right now, I'm 100% convinced it's better than this. IKF is cooked. Donaldson stinks. Glaber Torres is a shell of himself. They called they called up Aswaldo, and he's been he's been such a shot in the arm. He's 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 half the reason this team is watchable right now. Give another rookie a shot. Let's let's go with the Oz brothers. So we've got Oswald and Oswaldo. Let's do it. I mean, look, if you put him at shortstop, he's gonna give you more than I I, I I'd bet anything he'd give you more than IKF at this point. IKF is horrible. He can't. He he stinks. You put you put Peraza at short. You can play Cabrera in right, or you can play Cabrera at second. Sometimes, you know, get get get. I, I can't. I can't have two of of Donaldson and Torres in the lineup anymore. I just can't do it. And and you know, Lemayhew's obviously hurt and needs needs someone to give him a spell because he's he's struggling real hard. Like we haven't seen him struggle this hard as a Yankee. Even last season, he was at least relatively more consistent. He looks terrible right now. Yeah, I mean, and, everybody everybody either stinks or is falling apart outside outside of uh, outside of Judge. And, and you know what's funny? Last night, I forget who was hitting eighth. Oh, Hicks. Hicks was hitting eighth. And he got a single and my mind doesn't go, oh, okay, we can get something going. And it's okay. We cleared the bottom of the order for the next inning, at least like my your mindset as an American. Well, I mean, now both teams have DH, but your mindset shouldn't be, oh, let's clear through this part of the order. So next inning we have a legitimate chance to score. 
they need to get some ma- some major league hitting talent back in the lineup because right now it's it's a joke. Like if you're a pitcher and you're facing IKF and Hicks back to back and and then Higgy or or something. I mean, I know Trevino started last night, but can you imagine just how much re- how relaxed you are going into that inning? Why would you even care? It's it's ridiculous. They they stink. Torres is a it's it's terrible, man. And you you know what I was thinking this morning too. Does any of this really surprise you? When we went into the season, third base was a huge question mark. We got an old third baseman. I'm not surprised of what they've gotten out of third base. Glaber was coming off two terrible years. I know he had a little good September last season, but Glaber hasn't been that good. Hicks hasn't played a, a season since 2018. All these question marks, like we knew this going in. And because they all got covered up for two great months, now we're seeing the other side of that pendulum. And to me, it comes back to the way the roster is constructed because they went out and got IKF and Donaldson, said we're going to roll with Hicks and center. The the only guy I would the, the only thing that surprised me was how bad Gallo was. That's the only thing I was like, I don't think they could have planned for that. But then they got Carpenter, which kind of covered up for that. But other than that, does anything shock you? Other other than how bad Gallo was, does anything surprise you with how this team has performed? No, I, mean, I, I came in with zero expectations for IKF and thought he was nothing more than, uh, like like I said before, nothing more than a stopgap for Volpe or Peraza. Although I could say I'm a little surprised at how bad he is defensively because I was, I think he was hyped up to be this vast improvement over Torres, which of course the bar was set very low for that given how bad Torres was at shortstop last year. I mean, in, in terms of all those moves, okay, a pleasant surprise would be Trevino. The, the Yankees have gotten a lot more offensively out of out of the catcher spot than I would have expected, and he's been the best defensive catcher in the league. So that's a huge that's a huge win. But Donaldson, 36 years old, had very low expectations. He has a 690 OPS. He's been terrible. IKF at shortstop, we've already talked about. Torres, uh, Torres I could kind of – Torres, I was able to understand running it back and trying him at second base again for a full season because he his numbers improved a lot when he moved in September of last season. And, you know, he's, he's still a young guy who was coming off two all-star seasons to begin his career. So I, I understood trying to, to unlock that again. And for a while he did. I mean, he was a borderline all-star until the break. And ever since then, he also has an OPS in the in the 500 since since the break. I don't care about his RBI double last night. He's just been overall terrible. And if you if you go around the horn right now for the Yankees infield, you have Rizzo nursing a, a bad back. Although his last fifty plate uh, plate appearances, he's looked he's looked pretty well, but it's clearly still uh, affecting him physically that that back. So you have him at first, second base Torres, and shortstop IKF. Those two guys up the middle of the infield came into last night's game combined hitting two twelve since the all-star break and that's gone down since they combined to go one for seven last night and their slugging sucks too they're not yeah, their slug- power. slugging's even worse and then you have donaldson at, at third bang 222 with a 690 ops i mean you are getting absolutely nothing from anybody on the infield save for rizzo when he's actually healthy and then and then you go to the outfield and you know ben intendi's been doing better i mean oh for four yesterday wasn't wasn't great but he's been doing better and then and then of course judge has been has been judge but 
I mean, you have you have basically an entire infield and then one outfield spot where you've been basically getting nothing offensively. And we're supposed to believe that this team is just going to bounce back and be able to take on take on the Astros, let alone even get out of an LDS series, let alone even hold on to this division series. I mean, this is a yeah, this is officially panic time. It's long been panic time. And like you said, a, a panic that we honestly shouldn't be too shocked about given, you know, given who all those people I just named that have track records or have shown recent trends of not being good. And sure enough, they're, they're not, they're very bad. And now they're just be, they're being even more thrust into the spotlight because you have guys like Rizzo who are hurt and not producing anymore. Carpenters Carpenter and his insane 1300 OPS have been on the shelf for a while now. And that covers up a lot. Um, LeMay, who's been, been hurt and he is, like you said, struggling badly. And so all, you know, all these normal contributors who were thriving earlier in the season and kind of masking some of these other deficiencies that you told yourself, oh, we'll deal with that because you have, we have the best record in baseball. It's OK. But now it's not. Now it's the very thing that's you know leading to this complete free fall towards towards the wild card. And going into this season. You know, like you said, you're you're pleasantly surprised by the catcher's position, but I don't think any of the negatives that we've mentioned were surprised by. Like, I'm not surprised that anybody has underperformed that has underperformed because we went into the season with questions about them. We went into the seasons with questions about, you know, there was all these shortstops on the market. Why are you rolling with IKF, especially after you look at the deal that Carlos Correa took? And, you know, the Yankees operate like, oh, we have a budget, blah, blah, blah. You know what the Yankees just did this week, Ryan? They mm. bought a soccer team. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you well, know who hey, else? I was very interested in soccer. You know who else has purchased a uh, stake in a soccer team and let one of their stars walk? The Boston Red Sox. They invested in what? One of the Manchesters or something like that. And then they just let Mookie walk right out the door. The Yankees are doing horrible business. They put a horrible team together on the field. And, and here we are just sitting here all pissed off. Right where we knew we would be when the season started, it took an unexpected route to get here. But here we are, and I'm just sick of this. And I, you know, I I think Cashman did a horrible job at assembling this roster. I think Boone's a horrible manager. But it comes down, it comes, and we talked about this with Ibby when we did our Subway series. The ownership bravado, the ownership um, competency between the Yankees and Mets has completely flip flopped because Hal is not interested in winning. He might be interested in winning, but he doesn't crave winning. And over in Queens, Cohen wants to win. And 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 that's that's the difference. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I look across town and envy the hell out of those vibes over there. We've got the Yankees kicking the ball around the infield and losing 3-2 to the terrible Angels while the Mets are taking on the L.A. team that's actually really good. And we've got... DeGrom dominating. We've got insane home run robberies from Brandon Nimmo. We've got electric uh, bullpen entrances from live from Edwin music. Diaz. Yeah, it's uh, Timmy it's, Trumpets playing it live. For it's the a party Can you imagine being that confident? No, I know. Yeah, and Diaz was saying after the game how he was like, "Oh, I made sure I had to like look around at the crowd while I was running in and take it all in." And then he goes down and pitches a perfect ninth inning against the best lineup in baseball to protect a, a one run win. Meanwhile, for the Yankees bullpen, I'm just 
digging for a silver lining and happy that Clay Holmes came back and pitched a perfect, perfect inning out of the bullpen last night. I mean, it's, it's terrible. I mean, the, the vibes are very bad. I can't imagine them being much better in, in the clubhouse right now. I mean, obviously we're going to get the same answers post game that we always do. Oh, this team is going to pull it together. We're going to, where this is a tough, that was a tough month, but we're going to build momentum toward the playoffs and it's all going to be about how we respond. And, you know, Boone saying that IKF's one of the best defensive shortstops in the league and that he makes that play most of the time. But uh, I'm, I'm not buying any of it. There's no way this isn't, you know, eating at this team right now that after being the best team in baseball for three months that they've completely fallen apart. Yeah, it's it. The vibes are rancid. And I mean, you know, you're on a team and, and your coach or your manager is running out a player that you know there's a better option then and he just keeps stubbornly you, you're not mad at the player for going out and playing but you're like what are we doing here i want i want when they land in tampa peraza on that roster there is no reason why is marwin even exist at this point we have Oswaldo. i'd rather have Oswaldo than than marwin dfa marwin and call up peraza what what do you have to lose at this point the team is playing like absolute dog shit i mean the IKF is so bad. I would take regular at bats from Marwin at shortstop at this point, and I'm convinced that he would produce more. That's how terrible IKF has been. Yeah, and Marwin has been has been bad. But yes, no, I'd much rather much rather call up call up someone from the minors, try to get some more youthful spark on this team. But I mean, I mean, some something has to change. You, you're four through you're four through seven. Uh, on the team in terms of most played appearances on the year is Torres Donaldson, IKF Hicks. I mean, those are, those are four names that we just mentioned of guys that have been absolutely killing this team because of how little they've provided offensively. Torres is a little bit different because this is you know specific to the second half of the season, but he's been so, so bad. So, so bad this second half of the season that he fits right in with that with that group. I mean, and you're half of half of your half of your top ten this year in total plate appearances has been taken up by those four names I just mentioned and Joey Gallo. It's no That's wonder horrible. this team is completely crumbling. That's terrible, man. Yeah, I don't even know what. You know what? The only thing I we keep calling back to all oh, win. Maybe this will be like two thousand. Maybe blah blah blah. No. The calendar has flipped. We're officially in September. Now, is if they don't go on a run, if if they don't surprise start to surprise us here, we are screwed. Like there is this team, it needs to there needs to be a shakeup. They they need to make a roster move and call up up Peraza. In my opinion, you call them up, maybe you catch lightning and win two out of three in Tampa, and then you come home and you you play the Twins, who you usually have success against. Like maybe you can turn it around. Like twenty seventeen. We were in a free fall go, not this bad. This is this is this is the worst two months of Yankee baseball I can ever remember. This is worse than 2013. Um, yeah, I I, I, I and guess we gave so. Lyle Overbay a standing ovation <laughs> for pinch hitting. We were so desperate for his bat in the lineup. I mean, this this concludes in August where they went, I believe, 10 and 18. Yeah, 10 and 18 with a negative 12 run differential. Yeah. That's a 357 winning percentage. Not good. Two months ago, they had just concluded a June in which they went 22 and six. 
so yeah this this might be the uh this might be the worst month of of yankee baseball that we've we've ever seen it's hard to it's hard to think of one that would rival it off the top of my head it's definitely the most frustrated i've been as a fan oh yeah absolutely i mean 2013 with all with all the injuries and everything i wasn't um yeah i wasn't expecting much and and just real quick i just looked at 23 yankees baseball reference page and they have never they never had a month where they were nearly this bad. They never even their worst month was in a June where they went eleven and sixteen for a four oh seven winning percentage. So no, this is easily, easily the worst. Wonderful. Glad we got to witness this. We saw a historic start to the season, and we've seen a historic end to the season yeah. so far. <laughs> yeah, we're really getting both sides of the of the spectrum here. Could we find a happy medium at least? Can, <laughs> can we do something to Get us off the mat here because uh, it's hard to think of a spark other than Judge. I mean, they have the MVP, and even that's not enough to to lift them up. Which, by the way, I mean, this was a, a good series to kind of revisit that MVP Judge Otani debate. And Otani and Judge each hit two home runs this series, and you know, Judge has the slight edge in in total WAR. But I, you can't convince me that Judge shouldn't win because look at this team and tell me where they'd be if Judge wasn't on it. They they'd be terrible. I'll tell I'll tell you next May. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, Yankees open up against the Giants, so we'll get to see him opening week at least. Yeah. And if any Yankee fan boos him, I'm going to punch you in the face because <laughs> there is no reason they can't resign him. They just bought AC Milan. Are yeah. part of the ownership group. Yeah, twenty percent of it, I think. Okay, okay. Well, I'm sure that team's worth a lot of money. And which sure I think they, they also, paid. which I think they also own in NYCFC, which is coming off an MLS championship. I don't so Hal has won a championship. I don't really know how much they're bringing <laughs> in there, but yeah. Well, imagine, imagine NYCFC is just like we have the best owner, blah blah blah. <laughs> yeah, it's like the Rangers and the Knicks. You have the same owner, but one of us thinks we're doing okay, the other one thinks we're in a lot of trouble. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, it's 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 rough, man. I am aggravated. I'm the most frustrated I've been. And one, I'm glad I, I'm glad they're off the West Coast because waking up and just getting pissed off in the middle of the night is not good for for sleep. Now at least I can get pissed off and have like an hour to cool off before bedtime. Um, but <laughs> it's it's a chore to watch this now. Like it's it's I you know like for the first month of this, I kind of go into it every day like today's the day they turn it around and you kind of have that attitude like as a you know and you're just you're getting jacked up but now it's just like they're they're playing losing baseball and i went i went to a game earlier this year that actually they were playing the angels it was the game where rizzo had the pinch hit single the second game of a double header and one of my friends i went with he's not a yankee fan he goes dude this team just finds ways to win that's really special well now they're finding ways to lose you have your ace pitching a great game you boot the ball around the infield and he gives up one mistake and you lose that game because he does. And you can't manufacture another run. It's terrible. Yeah. It's a, it's a seven game West coast trip where they scored three runs or less in five of those games. And I think it was Michael K saying on the broadcast the other night of, you know, uh, Oh, one silver lining is that all these games are close and just a couple things oh. going their way. I'm so sick of hearing that. Who cares no if silver the, linings? Who cares if the games you're losing are close when they're coming against terrible teams that the Yankees should be bludgeoning? Like that doesn't offer any relief. Meanwhile, before the for 
you know, the Yankees were the late game last night. So before that was getting started, I was watching some of the seven o'clock games and I get to turn on the, the Orioles and they call up their hype prospect, Gunnar Henderson, and his second at bat, his first MLB hit is, is a no doubt home run. And the Orioles, I mean, this has gotten so low to the point where I'm just watching the Orioles like, man, I wish the Yankees were as fun as this is right now. Well, think think about it. You got teams left and right calling. I knew I know uh, the prospect for the Mets, uh, Bruce Beatty or Batty got. Yeah, he tore a ligament in his thumb. But you got teams left and right calling up their top prospects for the stretch run. You got teams offering extensions to their superstar players. Like, do you ever think you'd be jealous of the Mariners for how they took care of business with Julio? Jack, no, you should yeah. have done this with Judge th- four years ago. And they haven't, and they kicked the can down the road, and now here we are. Yeah. This, this is going to be a terrible off. This is going to be a gut-wrenching offseason. The, there's two things that are going to happen. They're going to sign a bunch of stop gaps and let Judge go, or they're going to bring Judge and the rest of the team back and say, well, we had a really good two months. We think that's what this team's ceiling really is. And we had a couple unfortunate injuries. So here we go. We're just going to run it. I, I feel like those – so no matter what, it's going to be a lose-lose. I'd rather go with the second option and keep Judge. But anyway, you got the Mariners extending their superstars where you're jealous of. You got the Orioles calling up players that you're 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 jealous of them. Like, what happened? We used to be the model franchise. Now we stink. Yeah, it's like you said, one of those two are definitely going to happen. I can definitely envision them re-signing Judge and then saying, well, we just had to commit all this money, so we can't go out and and add any other pieces, but we've got some exciting people coming up the minor league ranks. And we, but we uh, won't call them up. <laughs> yeah. They're there. Don't worry about Carlos Correa because we have two top shortstop prospects. You can't see them. That's what I th- That's a realization that I think Yankee fans have taken a long time to come to because we've been so conditioned to see the Yankees as this, you know, uh, golden model of baseball in terms of how to run a franchise and how to run out a consistent winner every year. And they haven't had a losing season since 1992, all that good stuff and all the world series of the late nineties. But I think, I think some fans at least are starting to come around to the realization that, you know, front offices change, order of operations change. And just because they're the Yankees doesn't mean that they're immune to having people in place that are going to run your team poorly. And, you know, the Yankees have the means to always be competitive. But in terms of how they're trying to get over that hump and be a, a World Series contender again, it's been consistently failing. And I think. Yankee fans just need to come to the realization that the Yankees are just they're they're not the cream of the crop anymore when it comes to running a franchise. I mean, the the Braves, look, look what they're doing. Like you said, the Mariners already locking up uh Julio Rodriguez. There's just they're the just Braves have their entire office. core locked up. Yeah, exactly. Uh except except Dansby. We'll see what what happens with him. But I mean, this this is um yeah, this is not this is not what it used to be. The Yankees are not not the same, not the same team, but not the same strategy. And it's it's apparent and you can't be blinded by the pinstripes anymore like this. The, we've already seen before that the Yankees aren't immune to running a team terribly. Look at the late 80s into the early 90s. Like it, it's happened before. There's no reason why it can't happen again. And obviously this isn't to that level because the Yankees are always going to be in the realm of competing for the playoffs, but 
it's still fair to say that they're not run the same anymore to where they're going to consistently be competing for a World Series spot. They're just they're just not run well enough. They remind me so much of a team I can't stand, the Dallas Cowboys, where they had a heyday in the 90s, and now they're good enough to sniff around the playoffs every year. But when you look at their roster, you're like, but they're not a top four team. They're never a top four team. They're always good enough to keep your fans interested and to keep everybody caring about the star on the helmet, right? But never good enough to win a championship, just good enough to keep everybody interested, to put them on prime time, to get people. And that's what the Yankees are. They're just good enough. And we've been saying that for for years now. Yeah. And for for these years, we've also also said, or I've heard from a lot of people like, oh, maybe this is what ignites some motivation in, in Cashman or Hal to make a change and realize this isn't working. You know, maybe they finally realize that they didn't do enough at the deadline in 2018 or 2019. And uh, maybe they finally realize that they need a lot more to take care of the Astros. There is no sign that they're going to change anything about their strategy. I mean, you, you were venting about Cashman's arrogance a couple episodes ago, and it certainly seems to be an Achilles heel. I mean, I don't know him. I don't know his way of doing business well enough to, you know, make that criticism with a hundred percent confidence, but it certainly doesn't seems like certainly doesn't seem like they're ever changing anything about how they've been doing business the last few years, which is try to get to the playoffs, try to win the division, and then hope your team is the one that catches fire at the right time. The whole we don't have to have a payroll of blah 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 to be is such a line of crock of shit. Yeah. You're not smart, you're not as smart as the Rays. You're you're not dumb, but you're not as smart as the Rays. That's that's the bottom line. The Yankees are not. They don't. They are not run well enough. And you can't try to play that game. Use the muscle that you have. And it's terrible. I don't know Brian Cashman either. Just so you know, so don't feel bad about that. If I did, <laughs> I would try to humble him a little bit. But I don't, I don't think he'd care about. I thought. Um, yeah. No. They're they're. Um. Oh, and we're gonna have to do a whole separate episode about this trade deadline. Because there is so much to unpack with how this has worked out. Um, Montauk yeah, certainly terrible. Certainly could use Montgomery in this upcoming series against against the Rays. Sure could use Raff right about now. <laughs> it's a Ninja Turtles joke for all the folks at home. Um, yeah, it's it's rough, man. I don't know. Bader is is in a ramp up, which is tremendous. I just can't wait to see him. Oh yeah. He's I'm telling you, he's got to be Byron Buxton 2.0. That's that's the only way I'm going to. Baseball's weird, man. You never know. Freaking Bader could come back, go on a heater. Carpenter could come back and lengthen the lineup. And, you know, Cortez and Severino come back and we're going to be all giddy in three weeks. I don't think that's going to happen. But it, it's funny that you, you, you know, in the back of your mind, like, yo, that's possible. Yeah, it's not it probable, is. but it's possible. It would have to start pretty much right now because the yeah. Yankees have the biggest series of the season against against the Rays. And I know I was joking earlier about how the pitching matchups invoke zero confidence. As usual, the Rays haven't posted their starters. But, I, I mean, to be fair, Herman has actually been really solid since his first start back from – from injury it's a 319 ERA so he's going in game 1 you've got Schmidt in game 2 who was solid around his own uh demotion aside from his rough rough uh, outing against the A's out west and then um and then Montas in in the finale so 
what are, what are we thinking here? Series loss, uh, sweep, a turnaround with a series win. Well, well, we know the Yankees don't hit well in Tampa, no matter who they're facing. So well, I don't really think it's any park now. <laughs> I don't really think that right now. I'm just hoping for more than two runs per game. Yeah, it's like, I mean, Cole said it himself last night, probably looking at a lot of close games and seeing a lot of different pitchers where they're going to need to put together good at bats. I don't have very much hope that there's going to be good at bats. I would, I really would not be surprised at all if this is, you know, if the Yanks lose two out of three and we, Head into uh, head into Labor Day with um, some even 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 more even higher senses of of panic. Yeah, I'm 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 calling a two two out of three series loss. Maybe they'll scratch out a win here or there. I mean, the bullpen is 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 starting to come around a little bit more. So maybe they'll get into a game where it's tight and the bullpen will win it for them. But yeah, I'm not I'm not too hopeful. No. I don't I don't know who's going to provide the offense. Well, whoever does should win the bell. I mean, I would say the bell goes to judge yeah. for the for the Angels series. And I'm just going to say judge for this because who the hell else could give them any kind of jolt worthy of winning the belt? Uh, the only guy I could think of is Rizzo. So I'm going to take the bullpen. I'm going to say the bullpen has some some big oh, collective bill. All right. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can't pick one. I mean, I've picked Holmes <laughs> before. And he, yeah, I was about to say. Um, but yeah, my pick did not work out in Montas last last week. Did you take Rizzo? Because Rizzo would have been a good candidate. He had two dingers, and then they benched yeah, him on. But then, on, then they said his back was weighing on him a bit. Backs are heavy. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, hopefully we've got some uh, more positive things to to talk about next time. But we appreciate everyone sticking with us. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe. Remember, you are reviewing us based on the quality of this podcast, not the team we're talking about. And we will talk to you guys after this huge race series. Let's go, Yanks.